Today on Launchpad, we're here with Peter Dunn, better known as Pete the Planner. His wife's really mad at him because he stayed late playing just the tip while I learned about the meaning of my tattoos. So it's good to have you here. Uh, man, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Uh, it has been. I think the locker room at a Pacers game, and I may have been at a point where I wouldn't remember seeing you, but I do. <laughs> no, and that's the first time I sort of understood what you did, yeah. and uh, I'm still fascinated to this day, <laughs> and I remember going right back to my seat and putting my finger through the bottom you of the cup. You immediately stuck your finger in your bottom. And so what I'm saying is, within minutes of meeting you, I had a wet lap, <laughs> because... <laughs> It that just, happens to a lot of people for a lot of it, it different really reasons. It really does, and yeah. I I thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. So, um, you are are a great guest because you are the basically my polar opposite of of how you're handsome to live life. Yeah, you're, I mean, I'm not that. Is and, that where we're going? And then I, I well, you're you're all about planning sure. throughout your whole life for for your life. And yeah. I like to just throw my life on the fire and see what happens. And, well, let's let, let, here's the litmus test. Here's the litmus test. If you're going to a new restaurant that you've never been to, yeah. and you know you're going. Let's say you planned it enough to know that you're going next week. Yeah, that Do would you, be a stretch. Okay, okay. Yes. Well, for me, like, I will spend the better part of two and a half hours menu scouting, and I will decide what I want. To, everyone thinks I'm crazy for this, and I am. It sounds insane. I have to know, and if the if the server comes up, we're like, tonight's specials are, and I'm like, shit, no specials. I did not account for specials, and it and it's it actually consumes me, and it's awful. So you don't want that. No, no, but I'm the opposite of yeah. it. I just roll in and just oh yeah, the special sounds nice. Yeah, so. I used to be like that a little bit, like right. I used to want to. <laughs> Uh, I used to bungee jump all the time, right? I used to sort of be that way. I used to want to be a cop. That was like, uh, like middle school, high school, even college. Was like, I want to be a cop. That's what I want to do. And then, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a robber. Yeah. See, <laughs> but it, the cop thing was, it worked out until I realized it was dangerous, and I was like, <laughs> wait a second, I don't want to do this. And it's not that I'm a pussy, although arguably I am. Yeah, you just were recent. Were and, recently called one. Right, I, I was recently called one by my my uh, messaging people, which is arguably true. But I played college football. Like I'm, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm virile in pictures from 20 years ago. Uh, but you know. If you were to set up a Tinder profile, you'd have some stuff that you could put up. I think I'd be good would, on Tinder uh, <laughs> because I won't put things like Big Sexy Daddy because that's who I'm competing against, right? I'd put practical, sensible. I mean, with the wrong, with the, you have to spell it wrong. So it'd be, you know, sensible with like. a P because it's Tinder. <laughs> you know, and people expect subpar mates. Yeah, we're so off track right out of the gate. It's Sorry. perfect. No, it's fine. So how did you get your start? And I mean, you went from... High school football to financial <laughs> planning. Wow, high school and football. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take you way back. Middle school, yeah, we did a stock back. project. I'll just sit here and drink this. Yeah, beer. please do. Yeah. Uh, did a stock project in middle school. The teacher's like, hey, we're going to show you how to pick stocks. And then the person that picks the stocks. I you the said best. socks. Yeah, it was socks. Yeah. We, uh, we, we knitted socks and we picked stocks. <laughs> and uh, I liked it. And I was like, this is interesting. And so my friend's dad was a stockbroker. And he helped me buy one share of Philip Morris stock when I was a seventh grader. I bought tobacco stocks as a 12-year-old. Makes sense. 
It does. And it went up a lot. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This, this works. So from basically 12 years old, I knew what I wanted to do, which was deal with money. And then it got a couple internships in college, was a fee-based financial planner. Things progressed and I was boring and I did a lot of comedy on the side. So on the weekends, I was a comedian and during, which you can tell. And then, but during <laughs> totally. the week, I was a financial guy. And then about 2005, I slapped them together and I was like, why am I putting all this energy into the weekends of having a good time and having a personality? And during the week, I'm just boring. And so the sort of that Pete the Planner brand started up. And so I just, and it, it coincided with coming across these clients who How'd stopped. you come up with Pete the Planner? Just it, it it's rhymed? It's embarrassing. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> so I had a, um AOL email account oh, that see. was hands80. <laughs> because hands80 at AOL.com because I played football and I was number 80 and I was a receiver. So hands80 and I thought this was very cool. And then I realized one day, like two years into my professional career, or eh, three years, I was like, you know, I feel like an elderly pervert. You know what I mean? It's like hands80. That's 80. the first it's like a, thing I it's think It's so of creepy. And I was like, I'm going to change this. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the hell? It's your call sign at a truck stop. Yeah. Hands80. <laughs> hoping for a puck. Uh, so then I... Tapping uh, your foot under the stall. Yeah. I, uh, I just picked Pete the Planner randomly and I sent like a colleague an email. And he has he had triplets at the time who were four years old. And I don't know if you've ever been around four-year-old triplets. Uh, not once, ever. Don't do it. Um, and they were like, Pete the Planner, Pete the Planner, Pete the Planner. And so they said it a thousand times in 10 minutes because that's what four-year-olds do. And it stuck. So it, it really, from that moment, it was an AOL screen name. I switched from an AOL screen name to an SBCglobal.net name. It was Pete the Planner at SBCglobal.net. <laughs> and, and then it kind of stuck. And people, it was like Bob the Builder, you know. It's like people, whatever, people liked it. And uh, so that stuck. No, it, it sticks. It's definitely catchy. It's weird. Yeah, I, I couldn't mean, even weird. remember your real last name no walking one can. in here. I'm like, ah, done, got it. I no one knows my last name is done. I've been in conversations with people as me being Pete the Planner, and they'll say, "Do you know Peter Dunn?" And I'm like, "I am Peter Dunn, you son of a bitch!" Like I'm right here. No one knows my last name, but it's okay. I don't care. You did a good job branding yourself. I think so. the former CEO of Steak and Shake was Peter Dunn as well. Oh. So he his wife's name is Zora, and my wife's name is Sarah, and we lived about a mile apart in Carmel, so we would get each other's mail. His bank statements oh, were shit. much more interesting than mine. <laughs> I guarantee you. I never opened them. That's that's mail fraud. And, uh, it's a crime. Well, n- not if it's an accident. That's right? true. It's my name. It was your name. It was an accident. I was like, oh, I'm. I don't bank here. Fifty million dollars. <laughs> is my own Did you VC fund. Call him and offer financial planning. Yeah, assistance? I was like, here's the thing. Your rate of return on this sucks. <laughs> no, that's not true. I did have once uh, a friend who worked at... This is illegal. I had a friend who worked at a bank who... Uh, this is, man, 2001, 2002. Statute of limitations. I'm yeah, sure I think we're so. fine. Yeah. He worked at a bank and I was there I at the bank. <laughs> he showed me the checking account balance of a Pacer player. There was $30 million in a checking account. Nice. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Possibly to this day the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because they're only insured for up to how much? 100000 Yeah. 30 million dollars in a checking account you can do the math you can probably figure out who it is but it doesn't really matter so let's say you have 30 million dollars in a checking account and you want to quit being dumb what what would you do with it first i'd scout the menu to see what (laughs) what i'm gonna have for dinner that night (laughs) no i you know that's like i don't even really do investing i don't do investing anymore i just teach people how to deal with money 
because I think people get way too caught up in investing. They like try to guess stuff. So how do you deal with money? Um, I spend uh, it. Yeah, I I just think. I mean, I invest it. Sure, (laughs) invest it in good beer and fun, food experiences. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, a, I got a card yes. once. It was like, uh, I didn't want to get you something. I want to get you an experience. I'm like, yeah, just, just don't send me a card because that was weird. <laughs> uh, I think money is about behavior. Okay. Plain and simple. You know, it's When you have resources, you react differently to those resources than you would if you had fewer resources. Yes. That's on, very true. So you're an entrepreneur. Do you pay yourself regularly on a particular day? <clears throat> yeah. I get paid once every two weeks. So on that day you get paid, you make worse decisions than the day you do the day before you get paid. No, I make bad decisions all the time. I don't actually know when I get paid. Okay. Most people yeah. that aren't you make terrible decisions on payday. Yeah. That's why we pay people on Friday. So they have to come back to work on Monday. Yeah, that's right. Because they run out. That's a good point. <laughs> I never actually thought about that. So my job is to teach people how to take their animalistic behavior and change it into you know stability so you're a fun runer oh god i am the party pooperness son of a bitch you'll ever meet (laughs) no i i that's why like i like to think my advice is practical i don't give technical advice it's like hey man save all your money that's not how i am i spend a hell of a lot of money and it's i'm not a hypocrite my theory is this do what you should do and then have a hell of a good time so i save what i need to save and then i don't feel guilty at all about what i spent ever that makes sense but see, you you do it the opposite, right? I well, I see. I'm 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 fully vested in in Grinon, so I pay myself as little as humanly possible. Sure, I spend as little as humanly possible, I think, and then you know, no, I mean, I carry on. How many employees do you have? Am I allowed uh, to ask questions? Here? Yeah, you can ask. Do I get like zapped or something? I think if I, I do? have thirty now. So, yeah, that's what's that like being a boss for you for thirty people? Because is that is that your skill set? No. God no, my skill set. So, my skill set is, uh, um, it's building, drinking, and drugs. Okay, yes, is really my background. Those are those are yeah quality they're, words. They're good. They're real. I mean, the best words. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. It, so um, I've always been good at. I've always been pretty good at managing people. I feel like every job I've ever had, I would end up in a managerial position of okay. some sort as much as I don't really care for it. Like sure. I prefer to be building things, but I always end up telling other people to build things. So yeah. yeah, that's my challenge. Like, so you get good enough at something and then you, then you don't get to do it anymore. Right. Dude, <laughs> I can't even, it's, uh, I love my employees and it, it, there's no, but it's just, it's just harder. You know, right? Like being a CEO of a company is hard because you, you got there because you're good at something that you no longer get to do. That's exactly what it is. So now I've like I've spent the last well, so I try to frame my mind around it in a way that that I can well deal with it. Sure. Right. So right now we're re engineering our sales process. Sales process engineering is probably one of the dullest, arduous, mundane, awful things that I've ever done. Yeah. But I've framed it in my head as that I'm building something. So I'm building a machine no, you yeah. out of it's a long tail on processes. It. Right? Now we're we're actually revamping our it's funny you say that. we our sales processes are also being changed right now. It's an expensive process, but it's an important process. What are you doing? What are you changing? We can uh, we can tr- yeah, tr- trade you know, notes here. Um 
really it's about sort of the art of a sales conversation. Uh, people want their needs fulfilled uh, based on pain they're experiencing. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. in the financial, like how we make all our money, we go to companies and sell financial wellness as a benefit. So some of the biggest companies in the world uh, either license our stuff or we go in directly and teach employees how to think better about money. Then they're less stressed, they're more productive, blah, 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 blah. I have a few employees that could use your help. Right. Yeah. So um, I write a lot of advanced checks. <laughs> yeah, right. And so mm-hmm. it's how do you prevent that from happening? So the conversation would be, you know, what's the impact of people being terrible with money in your organization? Well, I have to write a bunch of advanced checks and this. It's like, mm-hmm. if we were able to put a stop to that, what would that mean to you? Well, it means I could invest in this piece of equipment, blah, 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 blah. It'd probably be like an hour of my time a week. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's whatever it is. And so it's really trying to understand what we are fixing. It's a lot less about what we have to offer, but what needs fixed. Mm-hmm. And not jamming our solution into their problem, but certainly trying to be more creative with how we shape our services around that, you know? So what are you doing to better to better accomplish that? Well, with our sales folks, I mean, it's a matter of getting them comfortable because I'm not one, right? I'm, I, I, I right. don't do that anymore. I'm still the kind of creative force and, and, and presenter in a lot of cases, but I'm not doing business development. Just getting them comfortable with those conversations. As you know, you have to be super agile if you're having those conversations. Oh, I'm so bad at it. I'm Are like you? I'm a big sledgehammer. Yeah, you just yeah. plow right through. Yeah, well, I mean, you're an idiot if you don't get this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people don't get it. Oh, as the manager you're saying? No, as oh, a... As as a, a as a potential customer. Gotcha. Oh, oh, yeah, that's not good. You want to be like, what? You don't understand how much money I'm You're saving you? You're fucking stupid. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I don't actually say that. Um, I think it a lot. It's weird. And, you know, confidence is a big part of this. You have so much confidence in your product, that's why you get pissed when people don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That's how I feel. But I think if, for our business development people, they have confidence in us and the product, but it's not to the level that you and I have. And so there's the expectation that that what they're saying isn't right is something to live with. So you're on a real granular level level of training. I have to because it's intellectual. I'm selling intellectual property. Dude, you're selling something that people want, which is uh, a way to save money dispensing delicious beer. Yeah. And awesomeness. Yeah. So, I mean, think about this. Like, we have to go to a place and say, all right, if you have someone leave your uh, company because they're running from a garnishment. So garnishment is when you lose in court and then Mm -hmm. the court garnishes your wages, which is very real. 10% of the population has a garnishment on all income levels. So damn, I know. Holy shit. I know they can, it's 11%, but they can take up to 25% of your take home pay. So if I garnish your wages, I can take up to 25% of your after tax wages. Yeah. We had a guy when I worked that I employed at the sign company I worked for, um, was just, I mean, when he got his check, he was so screwed. Yeah, yeah, and, and it sucks. And when you're in that moment, you're just like, I don't want to do this. And what happens is your garnishments catch up with you. So when you go get a new job, it takes a while to process and get in. And so guys start running from their garnishments. Mm-hmm. So when that happens on the high end, and then they've just spent 30 grand training this person and this and that, we can step in and say, all right, if we can fix this, we are saving you $30,000. And that's... That, that's where the rubber hits the road for us is when we're able to get in there and say, what are we saving you? 
because people want to return on an investment on stuff like that. They're like, what's the ROI on financial wellness? I'm like, you're thinking about this wrong. We're preventing bullshit. That's Just, what we do. Yeah, that's got to be a tough thing to communicate. It is. We're, we're, we're pretty good at it. I mean, the, the, the reality is we license our stuff to some of the fin- largest financial companies in the world. Uh, we, I now train financial advisors on, all over the world of how to teach people about money, how to talk about money. Uh, and if you think about the financial world, it's not built to do anything other than help people with their future, which ignores their past, which is their debt, and their present, which is their budget. There's no way to compensate a financial advisor for helping someone with debt or budgeting. Right. There's just no way. So they don't care. I, I, I say that respectfully. How could they care? They can't be compensated on it. That's a great question. They can't care. So what we do is we train them how to deal with that and mitigate some risks. And then all of a sudden, they free up more assets to invest. So that's what we do. So then that's why you would care. It's because cleaning up the past helps you with the future stuff? That's exactly right. Okay. That's what we do. So big companies, uh, we do that. And I, I mean, I write for USA Today is a big platform of what we do. Do you any chance you caught wind? I mean, not that I expect that you you know this, but any ch- I wrote two columns in the last two weeks that have created more of a firestorm than anything I've done in my twenty year career. Uh, are you talking about Trump and stuff? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's about um, no. I haven't caught wind of it, but please enlighten. Uh, well, me. it's crazy because it really speaks to I think a lot of where you and I actually probably share similar views mm-hmm. is that the the support of adult children. So, like when parents support adult children. And what that does to the adult child in terms of enabling and all these sorts of things. Adult, you mean 18 and over? Like, no, I mean like, dude, 25, yes, 18 and over, but 25 to 50. Like they're just mooching off a of mom and dad. I can't relate with that at all. But I get, what, what, yeah. I'm saying you can't relate. I can't either. What, yeah. what I'm saying is you and I are would not put up with that. No. And so... I'm going to look at your face. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah thanks for making yeah. these. Uh, these are just called magnets, right? Yeah, well, you don't. You call them like a pog or something crazy no, like that. No, I fucking hate that. Um, we call them uh, mags. Mags. Magnetic advertising graphics. Oh, acronyms are great. I know, right? Yeah, it works. Arg. Acronyms. Wait. Ag. Acronyms are great. Well, I use it. Can't spell good. I'm good with math. Anyway, so I wrote this column and I wrote this open letter. To yeah. uh, parents who support adult children. Then I wrote one to adult children who are supported by parents. And you would think I, I shit in the mouth of um, uh, puppies. Like people are really <laughs> upset. They're, they're really upset. But it's so crazy. I've done 30 radio interviews across the country about these columns. I'm going on Fox and Friends on Fox News on s- later this week, Saturday or something, to talk about it. Because people are freaking the hell out. Why are they freaking out? It's Be- a problem. It's a fucking epidemic. Like, do, do you know how hard it is to employ a person these days? It's absolutely insane. It, they're worthless. Everybody's fucking worthless. They go to college, they're like, oh, I deserve a job. You don't fucking deserve a job. Sweep my floor for three weeks and maybe I'll give you a job. Like, okay. I, I, <laughs> I wrote a column about personal responsibility and I had three emails this week that said, kill yourself. <laughs> I, I get more hate email than like Mike Vanderjack. Like, I get... So much hate email. And it's from people who just disagree. And due to the Trumpization of America, when you disagree with someone, you want them to die now. Yeah. 
right? We just, like, you and I disagree on a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. But I'm well, guessing, certainly. right? I <laughs> yeah. mean, we have to. Yeah. But I'm guessing we can have a really good conversation. Well, yeah, it. that's why we'll get along great is because we disagree <laughs> on so much shit. Right, but but the way like it is intelligent now, adults. I don't say, man, you're, <laughs> you know, the idea that you've used narcotics I hope you die. Like, I would never say that. I'm not a narcotic person. I've, I, that's not what I do or have done. But I don't want you to die because of that. Uh, right? My, my dad just got his uh, P1 license for three pot shops in Washington. He's very excited about that. Is that a thing? Yeah? Yeah. I, didn't, I don't want to sidetrack the conversation. So I walked into a... Uh, what are they, what are they, what are they called? Dispensaries? What are they, yeah. what are they called? Aren't I walked into one in Colorado because yeah. I'm, I'm I tell dad jokes. So it's like the sort of the person I am. Hashtag dad jokes. Mm-hmm. And I walked in. I have no idea what's going on. I really have no idea what's going on. I walk in. I was like, what's the deal with that OG Kush? Because you hear these things on TV. And the guy looked at me like he knew exactly what was happening. He was like, this is a guy from the Midwest. Has no concept of cannabis. And I... He was, just pointed at the exit door? Yeah, pretty much. It was really <laughs> embarrassing. I just don't care about drugs. I guess that's my thing. I don't... I don't think I care one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. I think they should all be legal. I think we'd have a lot less problems with drug use if every single form of narcotic was legal. I drink a lot of wine. (laughs) I'm just going to put that out there. That's a drug. Yeah. and It's probably the worst drug there is. I don't know about that, uh, but I drink a lot of wine, so it's hard for me to say, oh, you want to do that? Well, that's bad. This, this is good. That, that's, I don't know. The hell do I know? Right? Yeah, no, I don't. I really, what's the difference between that and, you know, slamming some heroin? I don't know, but I know this. If you were (laughs) slamming heroin, I would not email you that says, kill yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Right? Which is way to circle that all back because we were really derailed. (laughs) It's called the callback. Yeah, good job. So you've been getting hate mail. I get a lot of hate mail. Um, That's how you know when you're doing good. I think that's true. Yeah, so. It really is. There's an old Dale Earnhardt quote It's, it's when they stop making noise that you got to worry. Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Sr.? Sr. Rest in peace. (laughs) Um, There was a guy in a pickup truck with a... (laughs) That's the start of a great story always. No, this is the day Dale Earnhardt Jr. died. I remember it. Or Dale Earnhardt died. Yeah. It was uh, the Daytona, right? Daytona. Mm -hmm. There's some guy in America with a Calvin pissing on a three driving around in a pickup truck. And in that moment, you you know he had to feel like an asshole. <laughs> right? He's just like, hey, I'm going to Meyer to pick up some potatoes, whatever people do. And he's and then he <laughs> Dale Earnhardt dies in a fiery crash. And the guy's listening around, he's like, Oh shit, I've got Calvin right behind me pissing on a three. What does he do? Like, does he does he like I'm scrape sorry, it off? I know NASCAR fan. Yeah. He was proud of that moment. Really? <laughs> he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty brutal, man. I don't know. Like I which also leads me, I see that you have ink. Uh right? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh I I didn't see it. I, I don't know. How do you know that? I'm wearing a shirt. I don't <laughs> well, what have, you, pants what have off. you been Googling? <laughs> no, uh you know what? I think he needs to take his glasses off because Superman exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, it's like, I don't care enough about anything to have a bumper sticker. I certainly don't care enough about anything to have a tattoo. Or you want to talk about me being a pussy. I don't want a tattoo. So all, all my tattoos have a significant amount of meaning. So that I, I won't get one unless they do. Right. Th- this one is, over, hit myself in the face. This yeah. one is a birch leaf. My, sure. my good friend, Brian Birch passed away Okay. when he was uh 20, just okay. fell over dead, heart stopped. That's no good. So I got this to, you know, remind myself. Sure. That, 
I should spend my money frivolously and live every day to yeah. its fullest. Yeah. Um, this one is the day that um, I cut my ankle bracelet off, uh, put in my two weeks notice, and carried on with this venture. Yeah. Um, so very significant. My but see, you're in shape, and you you pulled up your shirt. My fear is that was like a date, like eight <laughs> something of two thousand eight. Eight twenty eight two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. To me, like even if that was significant, I would just know at some point. It would look like hieroglyphics because I, I'd get out of shape. It might. Someday. Why didn't you put it? So that's the pressure to stay bigger. in shape. That's why you put it there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's Like, it. I don't need that sort of commitment. <laughs> I want to put it somewhere. I don't want to have to be in shape. The bottom of my foot can't get worse looking, <laughs> right? So if I would get it, get it that too, I'd get it there. That's a really I good I don't know. Idea. Like, I love my kids more than anything. I just can't see... And like those things that you just are, are powerful things. Well, and this one was I got this. What uh, is that? It's a phoenix. Okay. But it's covering a Superman s, because when I was eighteen, I thought it'd be a good idea to get a Superman s. That is my point. And then, but then I was maybe going to prison, and you don't want a Superman s tattoo in prison because that's Superman-ess? a good way. A Superman s, like the. the oh, diamond, a Superman s. A Superman s. Well, there was you... on my shoulder. And that's a good way to be a bitch in prison in a hurry is have a Superman tattoo. These are things I, I don't know. Do you have a, like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think of these things. Well, I hadn't until then. But you didn't go to prison. No, I didn't. That's good. Yeah. But you had an ankle bracelet. I did. And it wasn't like a, a shell ankle bracelet that you get on spring break in Daytona. It no, was it was probably not puka shells. It was a little black shells. box. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's gone great. now. Yeah. It worked out. It worked out great. And I still best don't thing, have a tattoo. Best thing that ever happened to me. And yeah, yeah. maybe you should get one. You'd be in better shape. I thought about getting one, but I'd get like a white guy tattoo, but like an old white guy tattoo, like give, you know, I'd get something dumb. <laughs> I couldn't think of like, I don't think I, I'm a creative person. I just don't think I could pull off a creative tattoo. <laughs> and I don't know what okay. to say. I never, I, like I see a guy with a tattoo, that's I'm like, okay. nice ink, man. They're like not I want to say that and it's transparent. It's like me asking about OG Kush. has some sweet ink. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's awful. It's terrible. I'm tortured. I don't smoke pot, but I appreciate that you do. I don't have any tattoos, but nice ink. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, I it's want okay. to. Un- I want to understand. I don't people. save my money, but good job doing it. Right, yeah. and I appreciate that. <laughs> I can tell you don't, but no, I. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I hope you die. <laughs> no, I don't know. So that's my job is to convince people, no matter how stupid it feels, to save money to do it, right. I that's guess. what I do. I, I, are you asking if? Are you asking me if that's your job? No, that's my job. Oh. I mean, I love it. I, I love trying to convince people that it's a good idea. Why is it a good idea? <sighs> that's a good question. Because uh, I said that as though the other questions weren't good. Did you notice that? I was like, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Dismissive all the other ones. No, I um, I feel that way. I feel it's good because you plan on living a long life, right? Uh, relatively yeah okay you're screwed if you don't have financial stability why because you won't have money to pay but have you ever seen someone run out of money i mean legitimately not we're not not a kid running out of money but like a like a 60 year old run out of money i've never seen a 60 year old run out of money they're working at walmart no, no it's no, beyond okay. that Sorry. Okay, maybe you'll go a different route a 75 year old who can't work right running out of money saddest thing you've ever seen Truly, because there's no recourse. They either move in with their kids or the kids will take them. It's not like, well, I'm going to borrow. You can't borrow when you're 75 and broke. 
Um, we don't have pensions anymore. Social Security is a bit of a disaster. So it, it's just practical. It's math. It's the idea that you're going to need it. I don't know. I have a different. I have a different outlook. Which on I it. appreciate. Like I, if I was, if I would turn to uh, elderly prostitution, yes. or I would, I would get by. I mean, I, I would. Like one time, I woke up on a bathroom floor in Nashville, and I didn't have my phone or my wallet, and it was one of the most exciting times of my life. It was obviously Nashville, Tennessee, not Nashville, Indiana. Tennessee. I was just like being just outside Gnawbone, waking up on the bathroom floor, <laughs> can't really do anything for any, for anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that's my life. I uh, I I, I was I, I think it'd be fun to be homeless for this is gonna no I, let's hear it. This. But wouldn't it be exciting? I'd be the I'd be the most pro- prosperous homeless person ever was. I think if too many people hear this podcast, that could backfire. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen, it's. Um, it's a, I'm a huge supporter of um, Second Helpings. Uh, we donate a lot of money to them, so <laughs> try uh, to backpedal right now. Sure, it's okay. I would say this: that trying to I, backpedal, you're also trying to work on your future so that they remember you. <laughs> yeah. How about how about this? The uh, idea that you are up to the challenge from starting from scratch again mm-hmm. because you've enjoyed the journey back. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Same way. I'm a sick human. Now, I've, I've been married for 16 years. I got two kids. You do so- have two very adorable children. Thank you. They, yeah. they look wisdom, like my wife. Uh, I haven't seen any of that in a while. But so you want to talk about podcasting. was great. <laughs> so, dude, let me tell you. My daughter was six at the time. She's seven now. We're at the dinner table. She's like, Dad, I want a podcast. And I was like, all right. I don't care. We'll do it at my studio, right? So we went over there. We did a podcast. Submitted it to iTunes. There are people that actually look at your podcast at iTunes, and they emailed me. They said, we've never seen anything like this. We're going to feature it heavily. And they did. And about three weeks later, it was the 84th most listened to podcast in the world. That's awesome. Freaking six-year-old at the time. She was getting hundreds of thousands of listens. And uh, it's crazy. I mean, that's why podcasting is crazy because it's 13 minutes of a seven-year-old girl talking about what she ate for lunch with her friends, who brought what gymnastics tip of the day when she just like verbally describes a gymnastics move and everyone's just like what the hell's going on and then just like us singing songs to each other and i'm I'm like her her bs you know like that's awesome it's great i love it and she's co-hosting a game show with me tomorrow night in indianapolis that's awesome so uh she's you know is the name of the podcast ollie wisdom it's called i'm just talking here ollie wisdom because when she gets in trouble like I'm sure maybe you got in trouble as a kid and yeah. I actually got in a lot of trouble at home. Uh, her comeback is always, I'm just talking here. I'm just talking here. And it's like her, <laughs> her way to bridge the gap of understanding. And so that's what we named the podcast. That's great. And Ted just likes Star Wars. Which means he's a, <laughs> he's a warm-blooded American male. He loves it. So yeah, man. I'm going to check that out. I mean. I'll just... some solid. It's got, it's well-produced. She's uh doesn't have any sponsors, but I don't want to, I'm not trying to make money off my kid. I mean, it's crazy. I want to do that. Well, shouldn't you like put it in a, a, a fund for her when she's older? Uh, well, she like they did for Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> yes. My daughter and Honey Boo Boo are the same. And, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And no, but she does, she did start a, we started a website. We built a website together, ollywisdom.com. And, uh, she's, she has bracelets and she sells them on her website. So she's made hundreds of dollars. From her website as a six slash seven year old, and that goes to her college fund. That's awesome. But arguably, what we're saying, it's a responsible thing to do. We're arguably saying it's boring or it's not good. <laughs> but it's great. 
That's <laughs> Wait, what's great? The fact that we're teaching kids about money and stuff. Yeah, it is great. I think. I don't know. It's like entrepreneurship. Like she loves lemonade stands. Then so we started an online store for her. Maybe she'll start a beer dispensary business. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Who knows? I've always been. I've, that's good. I mean, that's good that you're teaching her that stuff. Ingenuity. Right? Yeah. It's confidence too. I, I, my guess is even when you were, I don't, down on the luck is such a colloquialism and it sounds like, like I'm being condescending. When you were down on your luck, you were still probably, you probably had a ton of ingenuity and a ton of confidence actually. Well, the, uh, so when you're down, you really got nowhere to go but up. Yeah, but kind of some people don't view it that way. Well, the, you know, the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. I mean, I got more. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that one tattooed on your back? Yeah. It's my tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. So my, my point is, I think some people are just built with that innate confidence and ingenuity, and hopefully she's got it. And uh, I think she like does. I've, I've seen quite a bit of her stuff. Ted doesn't. Ted's too happy. <laughs> There's idea. I'm convinced, and I love Ted, but I'm convinced he might. I, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm convinced he may not. I don't know. He's so happy. It's like he doesn't get it. It's like he has the view of a child, but he's... His aunt, if you're like, hey, Ted, how you doing? He's, he's, he goes, great. So it's either great, uh, kind of great, <laughs> or not great. Those are his answers every time, but it's always a factor of great, which is great. It's just hard to go through the life that happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're a happy guy, but... Well, yeah. I try to be. Yeah? Like Ted. <laughs> See? <laughs> I like great. Star Wars. I guess that... <laughs> It is makes good. me the same. How, um, I've watched the new one like four times, and I really like it. Oh yeah, people are not into it. I haven't watched it. You're not a Star Wars guy. Mm. No, I don't like sports either. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> but the first is appalling. <laughs> no, I don't care. I mean, I used <laughs> to hate like, mail. I, I used to like sports more than I do, but now I'm just like, who cares? That's kind of what I'm at. Right I've now. always kind of been like that. I just don't get it. I mean, yeah. I wish I did because my job takes me to the coolest oh, sporting yeah, events. No, totally, I ever. I go to, I like, you know, I, I've had the best seats to have all kinds of cool shit, and I just am sitting there bored out of my fucking mind. <laughs> Let me ask you that. Can I ask you about your company? Yeah, you can ask me about my. You company. don't have to answer it, of course, because it's I your will. show, and I'm now telling you what you can and can't do. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs build stuff so they can sell it. The point is, oh, we build it so we can sell it. I've never personally viewed my business that way, partially because. I'm the name of the business. Well, yeah, how do, what do you think about that? Uh, building something so you can sell for it. For the point of selling it. Did you build this so that you could sell it for billions of dollars and walk away? No, I absolutely did not do that. Um, if you set out on your journey to do that, you will fail. I agree with you, but uh, dude, a lot of people do that. That's the whole startup culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a this, lot of them fail. No, no it, I agree, but I'm saying it's a really it's, popular... I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's like only like 2% of legit startups, like big you know, yeah. big money startups make it. Don't quote me on that. I don't know what the fuck the All statistics, 85% of statistics are made up. That's great. <laughs> but by the way, I mean, when it comes to, I guess, that question, uh, isn't that the culture we've built I mean, when you take money from an investor, when you take, I mean, not necessarily every single company, like Josh has his plans and you've pretty much put that out to the investors that I have no plans on selling this thing anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you take money a lot of times from investors, the whole point is to ratchet it up as quick as possible and then get rid of it to the highest bidder. So there's a a real, there's a real, is paradox the word there? 
Like everybody just wants go with it. Yeah, sure. There's a real paradox there in that um that is what takes a lot of companies out. Like companies that could have made it. Like you have a founder that believes in it and can get it through a hard time, but when you hit those hard times, the investors are like, Well, fuck this one. Yeah. Now get some get rid of that guy. He doesn't know what he's doing and they put and it just deteriorates and everybody loses everything instead of sticking with the guy they should have stuck with from the beginning and you know yeah i had a friend who is a quarter owner of a business and they got offered 50 mil last year and he would have taken away 12 you know ish and he just said they basically came to the conclusion it's like well what the hell would we do we're in the prime of our career we love this we not that it matters but we could probably sell it for 100 million in a few years let's just keep going like Oh, I take twelve million, and then now I've got to figure out something that else that I love to do. I mean, why would I do that? That's kind of. I mean, we got a buyout offer early from Anheuser Busch, and I mean, I could, I could be on a beach right now, you know, covered in Wait. cocaine and hookers, but uh, uh, I chose to do. Cocaine and hookers. I chose to live in a basement in Broad Ripple and eat a lot of top ramen because I'm having the best time of my life. So, you know, I mean, I agree with your friend. Am I doing this right? No. It goes, <laughs> it goes in through the top. He is Lord and Savior. You know, <laughs> there we go. Now it's upside down. Oh, my Lord. I came on the show to learn how to, how do you drop it in there the right way? You just got to. You get good at it. Yeah, I was going to say, it takes practice. Okay. It's funny if you go into the locker room, the, what is it called, the best locker room at the Pacer game? Like, I don't think it's that now, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Oh, what do I, oh my. There's some drainage. It's okay. Just let it. Let it sweat. There's uh, these things, <laughs> these mags as we call them. Yeah. All over the ceiling of that place. Because yeah. I, I think, I feel like you've thrown most of them up there. I probably have thrown some of them I up there. I think you threw one up there the night I met you. Yeah. <laughs> They're called mags. They're Just called magnetic being advertising. A dick. Yeah. Uh, graphics. Graphics. Yeah. They're actually going to pull the system out of there. Why? Because the cups cost too much. That's stupid. Uh, it is stupid. So what? how uh, corporate concessions works is they do all of their cost accounting before any beer is spilled. <laughs> of and, course they do. And they don't take any any uh they don't take any speed of transaction or labor savings into that equation. And they're graded solely on that. So, so stupid. Corporate says, "Hey, this is how you're graded. You got to keep your cost of goods sold under this percentage and the lower you keep it under that percentage, the better your grade's going to be. Here's your gold star." And so our cups are drastically more expensive than a regular cup. However, they are drastically cheaper than the beer that would be wasted by using a regular cup. But so okay, so this is where our but goes back to our earlier conversation. You say this to someone, you can justify it, you can prove it, and they were like, "Well, we're still not doing it." And you're saying, "I want to put a hammer through your head because you don't get it." Right. So wh- where do you go from there? Do you just go, fine, pull it out? I well, we're know. at the point now where we're just like, fine, pull it out. Because we've lost, we've, we've discontinued working with Anheuser-Busch because of the way they choose to conduct themselves in, a, in business practices. They're just really, really hard to work with. Yeah. As in they will not pay you for as long as they don't want to pay you. But Josh, they, Beachwood <laughs> age their beer. They do, and they make great beer. Beach, I still drink their beer. Beachwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brad, Beachwood. Oh, I know. See, Josh and I here. Here's where we where we differ. Is uh, he he likes a good old Bud, and um, I I enjoy the craft. I'm not a snob. I, if he wants to drink Bud, that's perfectly fine with me. But I mean, he uh, won't send me death threats. I yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I like a, a Coors Banquet beer. That's Coors, my. F- that's also a great beer. That's one of my favorite sort of 
domestic big guys. You know, I like Bud. I can I could do without Bud Light. The, uh, we do the Indiana on tap tasting society events every month. Like we sponsor them. Sure. And there, uh, there's just a lot of craft beer snob dickheads. You think? Just shitloads. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. You know, you and I both have beards. We should start a craft brewery. We should. The three of us do. You <laughs> got a goatee. You look okay. like a youth pastor. Here's the funny thing. Right. There's a city that is actively trying to get one in this state. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a topic of conversation for another podcast that I do for Indiana on Tap. And uh, they're actively trying to get one. So I think we have an in. Yeah. I mean, we unlike can, other cities, beards. they're not pushing back. They're actually trying to incentivize and get something in. So... There you go. It's it's all the numbers name, you want. I want to name beer like that. I want to just name. This is called a witty ginger. You know, just like call it funny <laughs> stuff. But you just look at three things in a room, and that's yeah. what it is. Smoking TV, Darth, and that's the name of the beer. <laughs> yeah. That's what I just saw. see. There's a ginger witty, but you're right. You need to flip that around. That brew. Make it the witty ginger. Is right next to my office. And we had that in here a few what. The witty ago? ginger. I'm here all day. The ginger, oh. the ginger wit, the <laughs> ginger witty from uh, from uh, what's Did it you called? You take shit as a ginger growing up. No, oh, you were never super red. You got a red beard, but you never had red hair. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a ginger until I was old enough to grow beard. So like at about 25, uh, fiery red, and it started to fade around 16 or 17 to browner. But I was fiery red. That that wasn't good. No, it's not good. I mean, you really are ostracized. Yeah. Um, God, what's that guy's name? That fucking comedian. He was on uh, Californication. Oh, I can't remember. I know exactly what you're talking Tim, about. I will Tim find Minchin? the video. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, he has a song called Prejudice. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes so yes, you've yes. seen that? Yeah. Yes, I have. You, you spend the whole first 15, like, oh 30 gosh. seconds of the song going like, oh, my God, is what? he going to say what I think yes. he's going to say? That's and then, boom. It. He hits you with it. That's yeah. pretty solid. Uh, you can find that at uh, launchpadstaken.com. I'll have the video up for this episode. Uh, the episode number, I don't even know what we are now. Yeah. Um, two. But, uh, <laughs> two. Ten. Nice. nice. Yeah. How long have you been doing the podcast? I don't know. Which episode is this? Uh, <laughs> Wait. This I, believe, this I believe is going to be either 18 or 19, depending Damn. on what I wind up doing with the uh, Angel episode, which if you've heard the Angel episode, it'll be very shortened. If you haven't heard it, uh, get, you know... Strap your seatbelt on and get we ready for a ride. got really drunk. Yeah. We got really drunk. We it, thought the Carl Doniger episode was going to be the worst one that we've done. As far as... It, that was, it was a great episode. I enjoyed every minute of it. But as far as being as drunk as we were... But uh, this next one kind of... I mean, when she comes in... And number one, I was the idiot that put 9% alcohol beer in there. Oh, she comes the in... Time. Yeah. She comes in and immediately oh. says, let's shotgun our first beer. Who is this? And she was pre-gaming beforehand. She's a wedding officiant. Yeah. And oh, she started her own business uh, based on just being a wedding officiant. Business. Yeah. Business. Uh, <laughs> nice. So 19 or 20? Uh, not her age. 18 uh, or 19 is the yeah, episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I'm 59 deep into the uh, now called the Million Dollar Plan. It used to be called Ask Pete the Planner. It's called Million Dollar Plan. Uh, 59 uh, is com- it came out uh, this week. So what, what do you talk about on that show? Million dollar plan. We people come on. They tell me what they've done, and I tell them the exact day they will be a millionaire. Really, based on what they've done, and then I say change this, this, and this, and your day moves up to this. Hmm. So we created an app which is being built right now called the Million Dollar Day, and it will people can grab their iPhone, pop on, and tell them the exact day they'll be a millionaire, and we show them how to move the day up. 
That is a great idea. Yes, it is. I feel like it is. Is there a button that says invest on in Grinon Industries on there? And that moves what's that the, uh, What's the origin story of Grinon? Grinon, I smile all the time. Yeah. So, that's, so the, that's the, story, that the, the story behind it is I was... I you have had a to, grin on your face? Yes. Yeah. Keep your grin on. Oh. Yeah. So I, uh, I, was, I had to think of a name. So I had the idea for Bottoms Up. I had to think of a company name to file the patents under because you don't want to file the patents under yourself because you never want them in your possession because if something were to happen, you get sued, you want to be always protected by the umbrella of the company. Sure. So I had to come up with a company name. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to call the company? So I'm writing all kinds of stuff down. And uh, I had an employee come to me. So I was, a, I was in, there, were, uh, there was one more manager, my equal, in this company. So it was the boss and then me and then another guy. And I ran mostly the shop crews and he ran mostly the road crews and uh i I apprenticed under this guy and i knew what an asshole he could be sure right i had to come up through it and there was a guy that we we shared that was apprenticing under both of us and um he came in one day and he's like dude man i just i can't take it anymore this guy's a fucking asshole and and you know he just every day it's 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 terrible and i said well the more you let him know he's bothering you the more he's going to bother you so if you just keep a grin on your face and not let him know he's bugging you he'll stop bugging you because that's how i got through it and then self-help you gotta write a self-help book exactly yeah it's true and uh he uh you know that we had a great conversation sent him on his way and the next day i'm like grin on industries yeah that's a great great name for the company so it is uh, my name of my actual company is Advanced Planning Solutions, which is the dumbest name in corporate history. It's not that bad. It sounds really <laughs> cookie cutter. Well, that's why generic. we DBA is Pete the Planner. Uh, but there's an Advanced Tanning Solutions. There's an Advanced <laughs> Turf Solutions. I bet there's, there's an Advanced Solution for just an advanced about everything. Everything solutions. When did and you just, start this? Was this still in the Yellow Pages days, or was this? This was. Yeah, uh, it's got to so throw with an A. So he's got the AAA to make yeah. sure the AAA Advanced Planning Service. May twelfth, uh, May twenty first of two thousand two. May twenty first, two thousand two is when I came up with that. I We lived in a, a condo in Fishers, my wife and I, and I went up to my or the guest bedroom, which was our office, and. I was like, I'm going to come up with the name of my company. And I go upstairs and I come down. I was like, honey, I've got it. I've got it. And it <laughs> like is Moses perfect. coming down from the mountain. And I said, it's advanced planning solutions. And, <laughs> and my wife, who's lovely, Mrs. Planner, she was like, great. <laughs> Which is, by the way, so you have a significant other? Uh, is this or uh, you no. kind of float? I'm, I know. I'm, is that what they call it? I'm single. Is but what the kids do? They float? They my ex-wife was nice enough to she would have said that's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life so here's what i've learned about being married as an entrepreneur uh is that i never look for my wife to reflect my excitement because it's an (laughs) unreasonable expectation i'm the entrepreneur she's got her life i can't come you still get excited i i am through that hasn't been beaten out of you no he's planned i can plan excitement Okay. No, I uh, I get excited all the time. It's different stuff excites me. That's the weird thing about sort of raising the bar in your career. It takes more to have me give a shit. Right. Right. And then the next next thing you know, you're killing prostitutes as a hobby. Right. Yeah. So I mean, at one point, like, I do a radio interview in Fort Wayne seven years ago, and it's the highlight of my quarter. Now I do a national television appearance, and I don't care. Yeah. Isn't right? that crazy? It's, it's how a that... weird. 
oh, okay, you know. Yeah, it becomes normal. Which is great. I mean, I think that's, you keep, if you raise the bar, put that in your uh, personal uh, development book. Raise the bar. <laughs> like, keep a grin on your face and raise the bar. It's a beer. It's to get, out, get outside your comfort zone is what I tell people. You got to get outside your comfort zone and stay there. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you're outside your comfort zone and your comfort zone becomes broader. And then you got to do bigger things to get back outside your comfort zone. I, for me, the way I would say that is that I've disconnected my uh, joy of what I do from the amount of money I make. So remember, yeah. so the idea of... They shouldn't be associated. Right, but early in the biz, like if you have a great week or a great month, you're like, let's go, let's go. Or if you have a bad one, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> now I don't care either way. We could do a couple hundred thousand dollar deal and I'm like, all right, good, we should have done that. Mm-hmm. That's like my one of my coworkers today said... If your next book is a New York Times bestseller, what? How will you feel? And I said, I'm sorry, but I would say, well, it's about damn time. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how I'd feel. He's like, you wouldn't celebrate. I'm like, I'd celebrate it, but I'd be celebrating it because it's about damn time. And that's maybe more jaded than I normally am, but it's true. Like that's how. That's I feel. exactly what I was driving at. Yeah. That, that that sense of well, it's lack of excitement is what yeah. it is. Yeah. I, I, I used to get super super excited about the prospect of something okay yeah and yeah. then it wouldn't happen and i would be in the, like i would oh, just be would... devastated yeah i've gone through that yeah and now i'm like fuck it i'll uh, just be cautiously optimistic about everything and then when the money's in the bank and it's been there long enough that we don't have to refund it for any reason yeah then i'll then i'll be happy so i'm working with this group and on on messaging and stuff and we're shopping my book right now uh the publishers and and my my people are like hey this is what i think your book advance is going to be and i'm like it's it's crazy and there's no way i think that's going to happen and if it does i still won't think it happens <laughs> until i have to pay an absorbent amount of taxes on it <laughs> yeah. and then i'll kind of half be pissed that it happened but like i'm with you there like some you get an opportunity but that doesn't mean you should raise all your excitement because then do you ever think i sometimes i i think this do you ever think this do you, like an employee comes to you with a level of excitement yeah and, yeah. and then they leave they leave my office like this oh. i know no i <laughs> i feel i have a lot of young employees and i feel bad about that sometimes because uh i'm 38 pete's a real dick yeah well I, I just look through the lens of someone who's been in the business for 20 years and that's tough with younger employees they're smart they do a good job but the reality is with 20 years comes a lot of scenarios which create experience and and know-how and so you can't expect them to know that. Right. You, you can't and you shouldn't. And that can be frustrating. For them. Well, yeah. Well, I guess both ways, right? Like, well, it's, I'm sure they're frustrated by the... But I, at least I acknowledge it. At least I don't go, well, you can't do that and I hold that against you. I don't hold it against them. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. You, are you a good boss? You guide, I you don't good? know. <laughs> what, do you, what, are, what are your kind of things? Like... What are you what are, like? Do you have like sort of a? You've got all these great philosophies that are tattooed on you. Like what? What do you got <laughs> on my shin? It says never punch someone in the balls. <laughs> no, and that's how I live. Time. That's actually, how I live. Actually, I've got my marketing manager um, Pavlov's Pavlov's dog trained. Okay. As I walk by him, I'll like just move my arm like this and yeah. he's like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself. A little nut shot. Yeah, it's here great. And there. We don't do a lot of nut shots at our office. Yeah, we're uh, we're a bunch of unruly. We have. Uh, I did this thing a couple years ago. Unlimited vacation. Right, you can take as much vacation as you want. Just get your shit done. Like, 
Let's talk about this. I struggle with this. I struggle with right, this, whole, this whole thing. So how'd that work out for you? Oh, shit. Here's a, um, <laughs> it backfired because people thought it was a test. And, and so they think that I'm judging them based on what they take off, which hell, maybe I am. But to me, it's like, just get your shit done. Take as much time off as you want. I don't right. care. But then it's like, we'd like it more if you sort of set what that meant. And I'm like, it means get your shit done. And so yeah. people don't, I found that there's, so I have, I have this core group of people that just fucking kick ass. I mean, they kick ass. Sure. When they're working, they are getting so much shit done and so effectively and they take it upon themselves to do things like they read my mind and they just get shit done. Yeah. They roll in at 10. They leave at three, but they come in on the weekend right. or they'll pull a 36 hour bender and get, and you know, do some programming and get some shit done or build something that I need to build without me asking. And I got people that see them coming in at 10 and yeah. leaving at three and not noticing that, you know, maybe some of us were there till 10 o'clock at night or came in on Saturday and Sunday or, 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 and they just start coming in at 10 and leaving at three. So there's and that- also not doing anything while they're there. I call that the golden rule. It's that he who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, there's the other golden rule. But this one implies more. It's like if you perform, you make the rules. Yeah. End of story. And that's, uh, that's how I operate. Not that I, I make the rules. It's like you perform. You can do whatever you want. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to our customers. Don't do something unethic- unethical. And you have free reign. So that... Uh, it's uh, it's setting those standards of performance, I guess, is where I struggle. Like, what is... Yeah. Well, in metrics, is back to numbers, buddy. Back to numbers. See, All that's... Numbers. Uh, uh, I used to suck at employee reviews, and I still probably am not great at them. Uh, but I have to admit, I'm very comfortable with uncomfortable dis- uh, discussions. You're comfortable with them? I hate uncomfortable discussions. I love them. I mean, that's all I do. Like, if you listen to my podcast, I'm having really uncomfortable-ass discussions with I gotta people. i got to get better at that. It's great. It's a great skill to have. Yeah. Right? And so, I can say, you know what I'd like to see better is that at meetings, you did this, and I don't get blotchy on my neck. Like, I don't get weird and hivy. I, I do that. Do you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I probably have some going on now. Just, I'm going to blame the beer. but It's the gluten. It's the gluten in the beer. The gluten. <laughs> no, it's the booze. I had a guy on Twitter yell at me once because I made a gluten joke once, and he's like, you're being insensitive to those that have... Insensitivity to gluten. I'm like, it's a joke. I, I, I'm convinced at some point in time I will have to have a major public, public, public apology. You know? Well, I was going to say, you, I mean... All right, uh, What's wrong with that? People don't really know you are pretty much a comedian. I, I am a comedian. Which and is, again, not apparent based on the last 40 minutes of our lives. I think you've been hilarious. I've laughed several times. You're a silent laugher, which doesn't help for audio. <laughs> Thanks for that. Always go on a podcast of a silent laugher. All right. So <laughs> what I'm hearing here is I need to install a, an applause and a laugh. <laughs> and just get a studio audience in the back here. So I, I value jokes. Right. Now, you did stand-up, right? I did. I did a lot of improv, but I did stand-up as well. And I... You know, when Scott Long, who you've had on the show, mm-hmm. he does did his celebrity comedy show. Uh, I will use uh, the word celebrity loosely since I was involved. I did his show. <laughs> you should. I've been invited to the next one. So yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know what, man? I got to admit, 
I freaking killed. Be- well, because it stacked the deck. Because I've done it before. Right. You know, uh, McAfee was in my show, and um, I crushed him. <laughs> He's got a career. So yeah, that son of a bitch kicker making millions of dollars. Uh it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So anyway. I like speaking comedy. of somebody who uh, reckless with money and stuff. Yes, yes. I've I've heard many many oh, wonderful things about uh, McAfee's uh, expenditures. So I used to manage money for professional athletes right. when I was a financial advisor, and uh, that's a lot more fun to talk about than it is to actually do. It's the worst. Oh, job I'm sure it planet. is. Oh, not not be a professional. That's a great job. No, to manage their money, it's the worst thing in the world. Because well, it's almost like uh, as you were saying earlier. It's payday every day until your career is over. All right. So there's some great. So your worst thirty thirty on that. Yeah, your worst spending habits are every single day of your career until it's done, and then you've hit that oh shit I need to work moment and I have no money again. It's smaller than that. So I want you both to uh, envision everyone. Everyone listening at home. I want you to envision your annual income right now. I want you to put it in your mind. Right. Got whatever it. it is. I don't okay, care what so it is. I've okay. already given over half to yes, my ex-wife. Right. Here we go. <laughs> got it written down. Mm-hmm. All right. And you've got it in your mind. Now, divide that by 17, which is, I know, mathematically impossible in your I brain can't. to do. But basically what I'm saying is if you're an NFL player, you get your paycheck, you get your entire salary in 17 weeks in a row during the season. And then for 35 weeks, you don't get shit. Right. So you take your income from... August 25th through February 1st and then you don't get anything for 35 weeks and you try to do what they do inevitably everyone always says well if I made that much money no you wouldn't you would do the exact same thing they do you would I know you would and that's why it's hard everybody does it inherently they do it It, yes so I just recently went through I had we're an LLC the members get paid a guaranteed payment. They're responsible for their own taxes. Yeah. Guess who paid their own taxes? One fucking person. Yeah, of course. One person. Everyone else is like, money! Yeah. And then they're like, hey, we owe a lot of money to the government. I'm like, you what? Can you give a distribution? Can we have a distribution? Please, please. So we can have that problem next year too? So what I ended up having to do was withhold their taxes for them. Yeah. And then write them a tax check on the quarter. Yeah, I know. And everybody's mad at me because they got a pay cut. I'm like, you didn't get a fucking pay cut. You have to pay. You're paying your taxes. I don't like taxes. They're the worst. I We've had many an episode about taxes. Yeah. I, my ex- yeah. Uh, although if you need to save some money and you need to like, you can just not pay your taxes for a while yeah. and pay them. Uh, or they'll pay them for you. Yeah. My next door neighbor owns is uh, a marketing company and uh, he and I on Friday afternoons will have beers in the driveway and our kids mess shit up and <laughs> we'll, we just sit there and, and basically bitch about taxes. It's it's what people think the suburbs are. Exactly. It's two to the letter. <laughs> relatively well-to-do guys bitching about taxes and that's what we do every Friday and it's so cathartic. It's so great. It sounds pretty good. I could get it's in on that. Great. Yeah. And it is so stereotypical and it is wonderful. <laughs> well, I can I can uh add to the tax. I've learned a lot about taxes since uh <laughs> let's put it this way, the very very first and and I still think there's a game to be played here since we kind of shoot these out of order and then put them up as they kind of come up. Uh I guarantee listening to clues on what we've said in the in the podcast 
you can tell which order the podcasts yeah. were shot. Um, I'll give you a hint. Doug Carr was the very first one. Obviously, if you watch the video, the studio looks very different. Uh, and one of the things we talked about was uh, getting that letter in the mail oh, from the state or the you know federal government saying, "Hey, um, would you like to set up a payment plan? Would you like to you know here's your options?" And they for s- send a certified letter. It's yeah. ridiculous. But here's I've what I found out. Yeah. Here's what I found out about the state. Um, you call them up, let them know that you're gonna you know. I've got the money. I'm going to take it in. Something comes along. You don't have the money anymore. You forget to call them up, retell them. Eventually, you walk in with the money and hand it to them, walk out, and the very next day, your account balance is zero, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Because they decided to take it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And at the exact same time they were taking it, I was paying it, so all of a sudden, I got double-dipped, had to wait another three months before I got that money back. So let's say three months. I overpaid once, and it took almost a whole year to get the right. money back. But it's amazing how quickly—I mean, not quickly, relatively speaking—but as soon as they decide that you owe something, and they've sent you that letter, and they've given you a chance, then all of a sudden the wheels start turning very quickly on making sure that comes out, and they'll just take it. I have to admit, this is my least favorite topic in the world. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we had to stop talking about it. I, I have to tell you, I will talk about anything. I hate... Taxes make me so nervous and give me so much anxiety because of some of the checks I've had to write over the years. They make me feel terrible about money. Like, And this is, again... You just per- said you talk about it every Friday. We do it drinking like we're doing now. And it's we do it out of anger. Well, because do I sound happy about any of this? It is. It may. It, I, I. It's awful. It's and you know. Well, look. I. I, I don't want to be the guy bitching about taxes. You, it's you, way too late for that. I know, but it's, here's the problem. You look at the dollar amount of taxes you pay, and and then people say, "Well, you got to pay your fair share," and it's like, dude, you don't understand. The dollar amount you pay, forget percentages, the dollar amount is absurd. And I get, I get upset about I it. I really feel that everybody, and I get why they don't, but I feel that everybody should have to write a tax check. Personal responsibility? I'm not interested in that. I, nobody <laughs> is. But I, if it wasn't deducted from your check, I think everything would run completely differently. If you had to actually sit down and write a tax check, like I have to write a tax check. I think we'd be in major trouble because i think that well nobody people, would do it no one would one. yeah exactly yeah. um i mean that's been the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around being an entrepreneur and doing my own thing and make you know and this has been kind of an ongoing thing for four years and i'm still trying to figure it out because i just that's the one area i just don't want to do so i procrastinate it and before you know it i'm like oh fuck how much do i owe again it's it's the worst i moved uh so we eliminated commission-based sales really yes it's awful. It's the plight of, of sales entirely. How, what percentage of, what kind of base did they have? Uh, I mean, tw- they had 24,000 and then. Uh, what kind of commission? What percent? Uh, I don't remember. It was like three on vessels and eight on equipment. I wish I sold vessels. Vessels? <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like something you'd want to sell. <laughs> like, what do you sell? Vessels? Vessel vessels. salesman? Yeah. It's like a LinkedIn. It's like, what do you do? I worked at uh, Arby's, selling, and then I was in vessels. Selling vessels. <laughs> I sell vessels. But taking them, even just alone, taking them from a commission-based sales because of the tax on a commission check yeah. to just salary was a huge raise. Yeah. That's interesting because 
uh, costs me the same. Do they feel incentivized though? Yeah, because they get more money. Yeah, they're paid well. I mean, how long have you, has this been going on? To three months. So we'll know more. We'll know more. <laughs> we'll know more. <laughs> so far, it's going okay. I mean, if you think about it, commission. So what I needed to do was we're growing, sure, rapidly. Territories change quickly. I want and and initiatives change just as quick. Like today, we're selling this. Tomorrow, we need to yeah, bend it. And how we are. We're changing it this way. Well, I don't want to do that. It's going to fuck with my commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, sorry. That's what we're doing. And so you've got bad attitudes that are associated with that. And then you start overlapping territories. And you have problems there because that's my territory. Even though they couldn't physically cover it if they wanted to. It's my territory kind of thing. So you, if you eliminate commissions, you eliminate a lot of problems. You know, I feel bad that when you were saying that, I was shaking my head. Like when you said the territorial nature of, well, that's my territory. Like... As an entrepreneur, I'm like, just, just stop. You're killing us. Yeah. But to be fair, they're kind of right. Well, yeah, they gained the, all the customers in that territory, yeah. and I'm going to take them away. Yeah. And give them to somebody else. Yeah. That sucks for them, but it it's sort of for the greater good. I've had right? some really, really great conversations with commission-based salespeople about removing commissions and just paying well. And it's it's it's. I mean, they're like, that's that's insane. But here's, and I explain it, and they're like. It's not that insane. So there's a local restaurant group that may <clears throat> consider getting rid of tipping here. Good. And they're going to be first to market unless someone hears this and jumps in front of them. And uh, the person is really freaked out about it because it's what you know. It's what all consumers know. The reality is the cooks in the kitchen can't get paid shit because the front of the house people are getting all the extra compensation and so you can't keep talent in the kitchen. It's the exact same thing as removing tips. Yeah. The exact same thing. Uh, yeah, I want him to do a press release that says John Doe, whatever his name is, removes the tip. And he won't do it, which I think makes sense. If you, I love the I yeah, love no, the I press get release. It. Why don't you get I a... I try to play just the tip as much as I can. Tattoo of a vessel. What? I love the vessel business. They're going to go to high school reunion and be like, I'm gonna get a man, tattoo. you got your shit together. Like, I, I'm in the vessel business. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I sell vessels. So like, you're full of shit. No, I sell vessels. <laughs> that's, what's, that's your reality. What's a vessel? Does it hold it's things? Like, that's none of your business. <laughs> like, you don't know. High-end vessels, low-end You know end what I'll tell vessels. you? You go out on your smartphone and you bing it right now. You're not going to find it. Then Google it. You'll find it. You'll know what a vessel is. <laughs> <laughs> have you had your 10 year how old are you i'm uh 33 all right so i'm 38 yeah uh so you've had your 10 year yes did you go yeah all right when it was great i went did you grew up uh i grew up in aberdeen washington oh. same hometown as kurt cobain it's like my claim to fame oh yeah i went in a uh a, a tailed tuxedo because i wanted to be the classiest person at the class reunion it seems like you were did you have a I beanie was. on too no Okay. No, I was done up real fancy. Uh, my 20 years coming this year. Mm. I don't really have... In, I went to Pike High School in Indianapolis. I don't have any desire to go. And it's not that I don't like people. I just... It's like Facebook kind of did the, its job. You think? I know what I need to know. I'm good. It's great. We were supposed to have a 15-year reunion this year. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I don't dislike the people. I just like... I just... I'm like... Eh. But here's the problem. Because of Facebook, like the first, the 10-year the reunion, because I'm exactly yeah. where you're at, yeah, yeah. Um, 20 years coming up this year, 
And the the 10-year, I kind of heard about it last minute. I was just yeah, like, yeah. I don't really want to go, so I didn't go. This one, everybody's organized on Facebook, I so know, I've been invited into the group like five times. Everybody's... Why not? You don't want to go see how everybody's doing? Because on Facebook, they're just putting up all the great things that are going on. I mean, all the girls are taking selfies like this from up here, so you can't tell how fat they really got. And then you go see them in person, and you're like, oh. I had an ex-girlfriend standing outside of a Lowe's with her daughter selling Girl Scout cookies as my family and I were walking out of the Lowe's like about a month and a half ago. And it was... Really awkward. Same ex girlfriend's house that you can see from here. Different ex girlfriend. Okay. Why you really got around? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Not bad for a ginger. Well, I um, I don't have no interest in going. I and it sounds that sounds offensive. It sounds like I'm a dick. But yeah, you sound like a real dick. I Why just don't want to go? go. I don't care. Too good for it. It probably feels that way. <laughs> but I just don't care. I don't. And it's like I don't know. It's Let's think about this. Let's, let's disconnect well, for a second. Gladly. 20 years ago, I happened to live in the same township as a bunch of people. Went to school okay. together. 20 years later, it's okay to say I don't care what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Because I know what they're doing because of Facebook. Right. Is that okay? Or am I... No, I think you're perfectly in your right. Like, in here, I, and not to be... Uh, everyone knows what I'm doing. Unfortunately. Fortunately or unfortunately. Right. So that's a weird thing I, I deal with all the time anyway. So it's like, it's a, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I don't know. It's weird. It's, I sound like a dick. But it's true. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Like, it is weird being on TV or radio or in the newspaper every day because when I go to a Starbucks, I'll just sit in there and just do an email. And someone will come up and they know everything about you. And they start talking to you. And it's like... They don't know everything about you. They know what they saw on the news. No, because of the... social media, because you share. They know a lot more. I mean, you know my kids' names. Right? Well, you, you and I are friends. Them but you out there. And I, yeah, right, and I know right, you. Right. Which is my fault. I feel but like I know you outside of your... You totally do. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I did that myself. I just dropped my mags. You dropped your face on the ground. Which are called magnetic <laughs> uh, advertising, advertising graphics. graphics. Yeah. <laughs> did you... Did you Patent that. Trademark. How many patents do you have? Three. Oh, our European uh, patent got issued today. Congrats. <sighs> so <laughs> That took fucking forever. Um, and now I got to pay... Your lawyer? $130,000 in translation fees this year. 130000 in translation fees? Mm-hmm. You just use, use Google. You can just type <laughs> in like... Maybe that's what I'll do. That's that will, that'll usually, be a great day in court. That's um, usually the way that you, you use Google Translate everybody. to translate this patent. It, at what point appears. did you get over how much you had to pay in legal fees? Because every entrepreneur at first doesn't get it. Right out of the gate. Over. Really? You yeah, got the, over the, it immediately? Oh, the running joke used to be we... we uh, We've got attorneys. We've got a best. Of the, we've got the best attorneys our money can't buy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we knew that we had to do it right on the front end. So on the back end, if something never happens, it's already been great. I mean, we got ripped off by a guy in Hungary, and they actually signed their own cease and desist letter this week, earlier this week, because they saw that the patents were being issued. I had to send <laughs> a cease and desist uh, two months ago to a guy that word for word stole intellectual property and blogs and books and put it on his own website a local guy smart guy um denied it the whole way and then finally i threatened all sorts of fun things and he sent was back he, the letter was he ivan the investor yeah it was ivan the investor it was paul the planner 
No, it was a guy. No, it was a guy. And he, the crazy thing is he worked for a college in information systems. And the college has a zero tolerance um, what piracy plagiarism ball? thing. And so was, you got I, a guy fired. I basically, what, I'm what I said is I said, man, I'm not looking to ruin your career. But you pull <laughs> that shit down or you are going to get fired. Which is terrible. But it's, he's stealing my livelihood. It's also the most sincere form of flattery that ever existed. You think so? I know so. No, I mean, look, your shit is brilliant. Honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But it's not flattery why they steal it. It's or it's because they want to make money. Which is flattery. If you think you can make money with my idea, are you fucking... The, the day, one of the greatest days of my life is I walked into a trade show in Germany, Brau, one of the biggest beer and brewery trade shows in the world. And there were four bottom-filling technologies, including mine. One was a direct knockoff, complete copy of a Generation 1 dispenser. One was a Korean... Gen 1? Gen 1? Yeah, Gen 1. I just... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, the... Uh, 1.0? The next one was a Korean company okay. that did a very, very, very good job coming up with their own version. Sure. Uh, it's still a piece of shit, but they did a really good job. And then there was another one that just won't work. Like, it's a giant piece of shit. Yeah. And they, they were a draft company trying to be innovative. Okay. Innovative. And, th- I mean, that, that's, like, that's when I knew we made it. Because we yeah. started this shit. Yeah. Like, we're the reason they they're doing it? that. How'd they hear about they it? They binged it? They binged it. It would come up they, on Bing. That's how good our SEO is. They're on dog, dog pile. They're just like... <laughs> ask, they asked <laughs> Jeeves. God damn it. <laughs> Asking Jeeves will get you somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. it was great. That is, I, I, I don't know if that's. I guess the, the you, Korean maybe guys? you look at things half full. I look at that as like, they just want to steal my shit. I don't get flattered by that. I'm, I was so flattered by it. I was so pissed Grinning when that guy ear. stole my stuff. Why? I don't know. I don't know if it's, I did something so good. Somebody actually stole it. Like that's how good of a job I, I did. I guess I don't view things that way, but maybe I should. <laughs> Was it hurting your SEO? Were you uh, physically going onto Google and it was showing his stuff ahead of yours? It showed his bo- directly below ours. Ooh. So see, I, I can understand. I wouldn't say I would get pissed about it, but I could understand you wanting to get it gone. Yeah. I don't know why I was so pissed now that you guys are doing this to me. <laughs> you shouldn't be so uh, mad. I'm self-important. Well, I don't even want to go to my reunion. And, <laughs> and that's an important attribute of an entrepreneur. What? Self-important? Being self-important. I don't, I'm so fucking self-important. I don't care that somebody's ripping off my idea. <laughs> like there's, yeah, who's, a self, who's sword. more self-important, you or me? <laughs> yeah. you're, you, you're complimented by it. You're like, I am pretty great. He's I'm right. awesome. I, I am so yeah, awesome. And I'm like, how dare he do that to me? <laughs> like We're different. Like, it's the same thing. It's the thing. exact opposite. It, it's, it's the opposite, but it's the same sentiment of self-importance. <laughs> I don't know. I... I don't know. I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I, I just get tickled with being able to introduce a concept to someone, them implementing it, and it changing their life. How many people actually implement that shit? A lot. What's a lot? Like 2%? What's your conversion rate of millionaires? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can't quantify that. I would say this. Um, we get thousands of emails a week uh, from people who have done our shit over the years mm-hmm. to trying to solve a particular problem. And uh, a lot of them say, we did it. You know, and so the math just adds up. I mean, it's, you know, I will say, I will say, number one, as a person who 
admires what you do and i've listened to a lot of the yeah. podcasts that you put together and, you and read some stuff yeah i, I, I keep i haven't done he's shit. got the entrepreneurial spirit exactly that, which goes against everything that i'm sure you teach but the problem is it's it's all stuff that i want to do it's just i don't but it, <laughs> i know this is sounding horrible right no, now but, i get it dude but i mean that's where a lot of people sit is they're like hell yeah that's exactly what i need to implement tomorrow and yeah. then we don't do it but what i was trying to get at i guess originally was you know, I back when I was in radio and before podcasting was really a thing, and uh, you'd listen to the guys on the radio. I'm sure you're knowing exactly yes. who I'm probably talking about uh, because you're just switching channels. You're not really sure what the hell to listen to, and he's on, and you hear his stuff, and you hear other people's blog or read other people's blogs, hear other people's podcasts. Since then, and I got to tell you, you're probably the one that brings it down to a level that most people can understand. Well, it's because I'm a in, simpleton. Yeah, you throw in. <laughs> <laughs> You throw in we, jokes. We in yeah. You throw yeah. in jokes. And uh, okay, let's put it this way. Um, on on a lot of your podcasts, you, mm. you wind up talking to somebody for what? About 30 minutes? 30 minutes. And you basically sit there and you go through their entire financial life and try to help them fix it. Sure. You throw in jokes the entire way you're doing it. Uh, it it's an easy listen. And a lot of people that you can you know, are either in your position or they're not. And if they're not, then you can either pick up stuff for the future if you're in that position or you could just move on to the next one that is yours um but i know that part of your rebranding you started something on i guess it was episode 58 mm-hmm. that i hadn't seen which was the you didn't talk to anybody yeah it was more your school thing um it was the budget episode yeah and i gotta tell you in that one number one i think you're the first person to ever use schmoopy in a podcast oh nice talking about nice. your schmoopy my lovely <laughs> <laughs> trust me you just have to listen i'm gonna have to listen um you're the only person i know that can turn a a uh, toothbrush analogy <laughs> into why you and your spouse both need to be working on the on your budget together and not just one or the other and um it's probably the first time that i've really heard you be super direct yeah. um i mean you've been direct before but you were absolutely 100 percent super direct especially apart uh, where you're talking about the, you know, both of you need to be on the same page. And you're like, look, people call me up all the time and one person's died. And they're like, well, they said we were in this financial shape and we're not. And I don't know anything about it because, and you just nonchalantly, you know, they pass away. Guess what? You're screwed. You weren't part of it. Ha- having someone die and then you have to pick up the pieces financially because they're a mess. I've had to do it eight times. Mm-hmm. It, it's the worst thing. Thing. Short of having someone being the person that you uh, that knows the person that died, trying to fix the actual bullshit, the shrapnel that happens from a death, it's awful. It's a thousand times worse than you can imagine. I would not want to be the person that has to pick up the shit. So can if we? I die. We're not going to dig through your marriage, but think back when you're married, okay? Yeah. And think, uh, did one person earn more than the other? Yeah. Did you have a house or did you rent? Had a house. Okay. Whoever earned the most dies. Yes. And let's say you have kids or whatever. It doesn't even matter. Can the person? Never mind. It's yeah. 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 No, you're the one that dies. Uh, you uh, can see episode it's, two it's, with Warren Carroll for where he's going with this one. It's crazy. And it is awful. And whether you're 30, which I've had to deal with that, or they're 65 and you have 3 million bucks, but you can't get to it for six months because the, I mean. Probate. It, yeah. Holy moly. Holy shit. And I've tried to have this conversation with my old man. He won't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Dad. That's uncomfortable. I'm just going to let it all go. Did you... 
uh, how are we? Are we are it's going to go to the state. Is this like the longest podcast ever? I feel like I'm talking. Oh God, no! We've gone two and a half hours. I think yeah. my wife's going to kill me at some point. Um, <laughs> did you ever feel like you switch roles with your parents yet? What do you mean? Like when you what, what age were you when you figured out? It's like oh shit, they're just an adult. I mean, you love them or whatever, but you feel I, like I believe I was 16. Yeah, that's that's prompt. I didn't figure out till I was like 28, and they're great. Although recent, but I was like, oh shit. Recently, my dad went through a, or he's going through a divorce. I don't know if it's final yet. And I, I, I having been through to your mom or someone else. No, my stepmom. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've been helping him through that. Yeah. And because I'm the only person that he knows that's been through a divorce. You know who else? Barry Sanders, <laughs> Cordell and Cordell. Who? Have you heard the commercials? No. Oh, he doesn't like sports. Damn it! There, that was a. Brad, that was I'm sure that fun. was hilarious. People listening just Let's back it up. spit out their beer that they got via draft. <laughs> they don't have these mags with my no. face on them. You, have, you got a hat on. Do you wear a hat because it's cool or because you're losing your hair? Like, what's the situation? Well, it's a combo deal. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think I have most of my hair. No, that's pretty good. You got a little widow's peak going. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I deal with a serious amount of stress on the daily. It's on cold a, outside. On a daily. 24-7. Also, I just on need a tip. haircut, so I put a hat on. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah. I always feel like the people at Sport Clips are pissed because they cut my hair. They're like, this is $23 or whatever. And I put a hat on. Don't they, go to Sports Clips. Where am I going to go? Don't do that. I got where a lady. You, She's so good. I don't need a lady that's good. I need something fast that costs $21. I don't think that's 18th Street, I think. What? Fast and, yeah, fast and $18. <laughs> um, I, no, that's $5. I. Uh, I don't feel the need to make my hair more important than it is. Clearly. How much do you pay for your haircut? Uh, it's like 30 bucks, I think. $30 for that. I haven't got it cut in months. You just said you got it cut. No, I said I need a haircut. Oh, and that's why you were in a hat. Yeah. You said you just got a haircut. No. Huh. Yeah, but out of your $30, do you also get a, a hot towel treatment and a, a little massage? massage? I get the best head massage sports. ever. She's so good. <laughs> This is very awkward. <laughs> I don't. I. I never know what to talk about with hairstylists. They're on top of your head. They're like, so. Are you, They'll talk about got, anything. You, you don't talk. No, I talk like the chatterbox. No, well, see, with this because you don't really know them. They're like, you got to yeah. get into their mindset. You got to be like, you got to talk about like they like to gossip. I don't like small talk. Then step it up. I don't want. I don't want to. I. I don't want to like lay some financial talk on them. Yeah, it's like, uh, what do you do with your tips? <laughs> there you go. What if they it. remove the tip? What would you do? <laughs> like, Here's what. Okay, I, I think we've got the next thing. You yeah. should just make a podcast out of your haircut. Oh, I could sit there that. and and ask them everything about their fin- financial life and fix their financial life Ooh. through a haircut. There's not it's much gold. to hair to cut. I well, yeah, I it's get that, not going to be a half hour show. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love the challenge of that. I love the shittier the situation, the more I'm just like truly like head over heels about the idea of being able to fix it. To your point, though, Brad, it's like, do the people do what I say on my podcast after they get off? Sometimes they do and I get email updates. Other times they may hang up and like, that guy was a dick. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You're like the John Taffer of financial advice. Yeah, exactly. So, without the neck skin. Which is an interesting uh, segue. I've, I've screen tested for th- uh, two reality shows. Nice. Uh, uh, not, not as in like I'm on like Who's Gonna Marry Flavor Flav, but hosting a financial radio or a, a television show. And neither of them worked out. And the show was never made. 
but that's like a thing still that could happen where I would do a national mm-hmm. makeover show or an inter- financial intervention show is what we're dealing with now. That titillates me. That idea is like a right. Well, I don't know why it hasn't really existed yet. I mean, if you're making over a bar, it's cool because it's a business that you might go to. Uh, if you're making over, you know, hotels, restaurants, whatever, or you see all the scandalous things that they've got in their kitchen, yeah. and you're like, whoa, how do they even? It's all not real. But when you're going, it's real. But when you're going to a direct person, that gets way personal. Like uh, that could be an interesting show to see. I, you'd have to make shit up. That's true. I don't think you have to make anything up. Dad's got a gambling problem. You know what? So <laughs> I've come across that a couple times. I bet. Who? That's the one that's the alcoholism, obviously. Hold on. Excuse me. Take a drink of this beer. I can get another one. I'm good. And then um, <laughs> and gamb- gambling is, you can't fix that. I mean, I, I am, I am. I am a behavior guy, right? So I can get people to change their behavior. But if you got gambling issues, in which create financial issues, obviously, well, shit, I can do. I could never get into that one. Gambling? No, it's terrible. I hate gambling. Like it's like it's called. I call it losing. Yeah, my dad said the best. My dad was an entrepreneur, and he said, "I work my ass off." My dad was working seventy hours a week. You want me to go and somehow be entertained by the idea that I'm going to lose my money? No, thank you. I'm good. It nauseates me. Do you I know went, how many entrepreneurs that actually gamble, or is it people that are not entrepreneurs that gamble? It's got to be Let's people that are this. not entrepreneurs. Uh, no, know. no, I know entrepreneurs that gamble. All the degenerates I know are not entrepreneurs. I think people are people are people. If they're you know tuned in Wait, gambling, people are people. Yeah, whether, link that up. Link that. That up. was Put a that John Maddenism right there. <laughs> people are people. People are people. That was link a John Madden. He's not right wrong. There. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> People are going to be the person that they are going to be, regardless. Their behavior is there. That was deep, uh, Brad. That, that oh was God. not deep. That was well, not I a wish there was a dispensary box. here right now. Yes. <laughs> I would smoke the good Hold stuff. on. Let me run to my truck. <laughs> I will try some of the edibles. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody, people, <laughs> please, the subjects are completely different in one way or the, you know, uh, an entrepreneur could have just the same vices that somebody who's, you know, a financial planner could have. They do. Um, so, they they do. Like an entrepreneur has the same vice as a, an habitual gambler, I believe. And it's called entrepreneurship. Yes. And, it, and you feel like you can control it more than gambling, but you can't. <laughs> That's crazy. just... You think you can. You can't. Well, they both have the same idea. You could get a big payout, but you got to risk it. Well, it's like yeah. blackjack versus roulette, really. Sure. That's entrepreneurialism uh, It doesn't versus... have to be racial, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I dated a black girl. It's fine. I, did, I let's let's not talk about this. I um, here's the issue. Even if to your point, Brad, so you get a big payout. That's the gamble. I, I'm to the point now where I'm so disconnected from that being what gets me off. Like emotionally, I just pictured the scene from Dodgeball with the guy with the pizza. Yes, yes. I don't mean that way. Like, I, like if I if we sell a ton of stuff and we make a bunch of money, it's great. I right. love it. People have jobs. We can go. But I don't like getting an email from someone that read something two years ago and changed something. As cliche as this sounds, I would much. That's I'm going to go home. And be like, honey, here's what happened today. I wouldn't go home and say, hey, we made fifty grand today. Like, it's weird. I don't know. Total. Well, you're at the problems. you were at the point in your life where things are changing. Um. 
My <laughs> hair is growing in places it didn't used to. Basically, Your voice I, is I'm, getting deeper. I'm going to die soon, I think. Um, tell me more about this puberty. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more about these changes. Um, I remember my dad gave me the talk when I was in middle school. Which and, one? The one where he thinks you're gay? No, is that that, that one. Yeah. My dad did. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, the the sex talk. And he's like, some sometimes you might want to do this, and he's describing a few things. Right. And I remember I was just too young. He was just asked. He, he was did, this he, the Eugene Levy talk from American Pie? A little bit, but I just remember him. But no, but see, I, Jason Biggs, and he's like, Dad, because he knows what's going on. Right. I didn't know what was going on. He was too soon. So you were like, he was suggesting things that I had never heard of. No, I was like 14. <laughs> and I go, and I just remember going, when, <laughs> I remember going, when she sticks her finger in your yeah, ass, yeah, he's doing you like don't want to panic. Yeah, he's like giving me these things. I was like, Dad, you're disgusting. Like, it was like, legitimately, it was like, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. And it was like way too soon. And you were 14? I don't remember. I don't remember. We're the same age, and we must have gone to way different high schools, because by the time I was in wait, fifth wait, wait. grade... Wait, wait, wait. 14's maybe the wrong age. Okay. Uh, fifth grade is uh, around me, 10 me, years old. That's when I think What's I... What's sixth pretty... grade? What's that? <laughs> so, so, about 11. Probably in that range. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> sixth, grade's a, sixth grade's a good time for the sex talk. It, it's the right time. They do yeah, it in fifth these grade now. Days, all these the hormones, kids today, these kids entitled with their touching and a and a <laughs> they're sexting, <laughs> they're sexting. I I'll be honest. If there were cell phones back when we were in high school, I would have been expelled the entire four right. years. You I mean think of the dumb shit you would have done in high school with a cell phone camera? Oh, so much dumb shit. Well, I do dumb shit now. Add I on, don't really, but I would have then. Add on the fact that. Uh, now you've got an overly sensitive crowd too. Yeah, people have you know really gotten that oversensitivity ratcheted up. Isn't that weird that they're going like extreme in both directions? Like you got people being really sensitive and people doing really insensitive things. It's crazy, but it's always been that way. It's just never really been broadcast. Broadcast never and, turned yeah. out like it is now. That's and right. you can't get like Facebook allows people to rally behind the things that before you never probably would have even heard of. True. So. I, I you know I think kids should be bullied more at Bill's character. <laughs> I bullied a kid in sixth grade in the locker room, and the gym teacher saw it, mm-hmm. and he came over and he like yelled at me, and from that moment, it like he truly caught it at the right time, and I felt like such a piece of shit, and I like I had apologized and like I was indebted to the kid I bullied once in sixth grade randomly. For the next six years of our school career, and I like, I'm actually thankful that the gym teacher walked in and, and busted me, because it it was like. An what were you doing special. to this poor kid? Like he, the kid, uh, this is terrible. Like he had bumped into me. Like whatever, who cares? And I was like, so you're sorry. And he's like, no. I was like, so you're sorry. I'm just being a dick, <laughs> right? And it's like you're a sixth grader, and and it was I was just being a dick. And the the the, the gym teacher walked in. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It was like. Uh, you're like a dick. See, I learned my lesson. I learned my bully lesson. I was a, I was a bully in uh, in grade school, like yeah. fifth and sixth grade. I was a total dick. And um, in in junior high, uh, we my family fell on relatively hard times, and I was the wear the same clothes every day because uh, you don't yeah. have any other clothes. Yeah, kind of kid. And um, I got bullied. Yeah, really hard. In, in junior high so by high school I had uh, 
adjusted. Sure. You know, got my own job, could finally afford to do things. And, um, yeah, I learned, I learned the hard way that way. So I had to suffer through several years of being tormented for, you know, wearing dirty clothes every day. My daughter got bullied in first grade. <laughs> really? Doesn't yeah. surprise me. Which is crazy. My daughter's super confident and like stand right. up somebody. Some she, girl she'd bullied. slap a bitch. Yeah, right. But yeah. like it's it is it's heartbreaking. It's like really mean girl shit in first grade. But whatever. So needless now, to say. Now, 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 now. What was she actually being bullied? Or are you now just one of them sensitive parents? You never know. Uh, you don't. I'll tell you this. This is my only parenting <laughs> advice. I always take. Never the side. have kids. Never have children. <laughs> I uh, I always take the teacher's side, and I always. That's great. Take the coach's side. Mm-hmm. Because I, my wife was a coach, uh, a cross-country track coach, and my wife was a teacher, and my whole family are teachers. The parents that consistently take their kid's side, and people are hearing this like, no, that's wrong. Take your No, don't take your kid's side. You know, the same, side. This gets us right back on track to your uh, uh, helping adult yeah. children. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. All right, yeah, we we're finally back, back on track. On track. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, what... It's like, how are you going to defend a, a seven-year-old over someone who's been doing this for 10 years as a profession? Oh, a seven-year-old's right. You know what? My seven-year-old's right. You you aren't teaching right. And like, no. Always defend the teacher, even when the teacher's wrong. Yeah. Show them to respect authority. Like, it drives me insane. Insane. Oh, I feel you. I know. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend that was, a, I mean, he's a, he's a kooky dude. Had to be to do what he did. He was a he was a high school teacher in a really bad neighborhood yeah. in Washington, Tacoma, Washington. And uh, he, I mean, the parent teacher conferences. He's got some good stories. I'm not even going to try to tell any of them. But I mean, we got kids peeing on desks in classrooms. Oh my lord, that's we've called got, the old desk pee. Is what yeah, we called that. We've got, I mean, just the absolute worst behavior. And then when it's time to have the parent teacher conference, of course, yeah, it's the teacher's fault and the parent. Sure who is uh, clearly showing out on crack cocaine yes. and been doing sexual favors for money to Whoa. buy that crack cocaine and you know while the kids home sleeping on the living room floor because the all the bedrooms are occupied with sure illicit sexual activity um, it's the teacher's fault well, needless to say he became very fed up with us and quit being a teacher but that's how the good teachers go that way yeah cool man <laughs> <laughs> Pete's hey, saying it's time to wrap it up. I have to, yeah. I have to tinkle. I have Dude, to, my bladder's the size of a coin purse. You know those little coin purses you squeeze and then you get the coins out of? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the size of my bladder. I can go pee. You now. mean to squeeze it? No. <laughs> no. If you look at Dr. Will from the right angle, he looks like Caesar Milan. The, Always the, good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, shit. I mean, if he could help people and dogs, <laughs> that's a money-making venture. He might be able to. <laughs> <laughs>